Hello, friends. Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. My name's Julie Jancis, and I'm your host. Today, we have on Dr. Katherine Perkle. She is so phenomenal. I just love working with her. She is a counselor and just really knows so much about working with the inner child. The inner child is what we are talking about today. And after that, we dive into some deeper spiritual topics. Friends, we are going to have Dr. Catherine on more regularly. So if you would like to work with her, if you have specific examples of different things that are going on in your life that you would like her to answer, please email me those stories of what you have going on in your life and what questions you have. We will read those on the podcast and then she will answer those questions. Before we dive into the podcast, please be an angel and share this podcast with your friends, your family, who you think it would help and benefit. Also, please leave five stars. When you leave five stars and a positive review here on iTunes, on Google, when you Google my name, Julie Jancis, or over on my Facebook page, what we do is enter you into a monthly drawing to win a free session with me. We've also got some pretty cool stuff coming up in a couple of months, and you're definitely going to want to be a part of this drawing because there is going to be more than one person that's going to start to receive different things from being entered. If you've already left a review, thank you so much. If you haven't, definitely leave that review. If you put it all three places, you will be entered three times. Also, friends, the way that I support this podcast and the money we use to support this podcast all comes from you booking a session. If it resonates with you, if you feel called to have a 25-minute or 55-minute angel message reading with me, you can book one on my website, www.jancis.com. That's my last name, .com. All right, everyone, without further ado, here is the interview with Dr. Catherine. Hello, everyone. This is Julie and Dr. Catherine, and we are on this call today to talk to you about the inner child. We've had some technical difficulties today, so we're just going to hop right in to the inner child and start talking about what that is, how we can work with it. The way that it presents itself in my work is when you get two different chakras, they hold different information, different angels work with different chakras. And in the solar plexus chakra is where I find inner child work if there is any. If there is inner child work, Archangel Michael is always there to help us with it. So we have on Dr. Catherine Perkle. Dr. Catherine, thanks Mm -hmm. for being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, you (laughs) work with the inner child, too, a lot. And I want to start out by sharing with our listeners, what is the inner child? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would say that, you know, the inner child is just that small, more vulnerable part of ourselves that, um, and and I like to sort of frame it as, you know, we always have experiences early on that sort of shift our perspective in terms of like beliefs about ourselves, others, and the world. And a lot of times, you know, whether it be something traumatic or really sad, um, that there's always those moments in time when sort of how we thought and felt about the world is suddenly different. And um, so then I think it kind of becomes our job to go back to those places where, you know, the child lost that sense of um, safety and security in the world and sort of help to soothe that child to bring back that feeling of safety and security. And then also, especially like if if, um, parents or peers sort of failed us in certain ways when we were little, you can provide that loving adult to help make that um, child feel safer, which it sounds like kind of with you know, Archangel Michael, that you're kind of working alongside him, you know, together to make make that inner child feel, like, safe and secure. Yes, 100%. And the way that I Mm -hmm. see this happening, too, is often spirit will work with the person in front of me 
to say, you have to be your own mom. You have to be your own dad. You have to be your own best friend. You have to give yourself what you need. Do you find that too? Absolutely. And I feel like, and I know um, it's so interesting because I know we didn't bring this up at the beginning, but I went to Julie's Angel School this weekend and it was really cool because I felt like I got to learn how to access those parts of self sort of in a different way, like accessing through the chakras rather than, so typically what I do in session, um, instead of reading the energy, um, is going through guided meditations with my client. And, um, you know, what I find is when we're in that meditative place, um, you, you can, one, find the inner child, you know, find what's going on with them and then at at that point you kind of start to establish that relationship where like I I would imagine when you're doing like the Reiki work you're sort of um, imagining the the, the, um, repairing that's happening and then with the guided meditation it's a very similar process where my my imagination is actively working but you know I might be like saying out you know saying some of that stuff out loud but I think it's, it's all sort of the same process. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what happens, too, is a lot of people tend to think of the imagination as a child's plaything, right? And what we talked about in the angel school is you have to understand there is no difference, truly, between the Mm -hmm. third eye and the imagination except vibration. Maybe you're in a higher vibration when you're opening your third eye and you're getting into that. But the way and the tool to build that ability within yourself is to use the imagination because spirit comes through all the time in sessions to say, why did you go out and buy that house? You know, why did you get that job? Why did an Mm -hmm. inventor create this? It's because they saw it in their mind first. And if you can't build it in your mind, you can't create it in the physical realm. 100%. And I think like when you talk about that idea of divine and literal divine inspiration, that's exactly what you're tapping into. It's like something that is coming through you, but is not of you. And I think I told you this the last time, but what drew me so much into doing your angel school was exactly that. Like what was happening was I was going into that meditative space with my clients and that's exactly what I felt. I didn't feel like I was sort of thinking up the right thing to say to them. I literally felt like like you teach everybody to make that connection to source. And then those words are just coming through you, not like of you. You know what I mean? Exactly. I know you Exactly. <laughs> yes, that's my entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that's totally, totally it. So, yes. When you look at the inner child, what I really see is almost a thermometer, right, of you could have a little bit of inner child issues to work on. You could have a ton to work on, and it could be really um, taking a toll on your adult life. So Mm -hmm. let's really talk about those who have medium to severe inner child um, work going on that they need to do. Where do you start really and what are the questions that you ask to really break into healing that inner child? So I would say that um, like obviously when I go through the intake process, um, I use like an intake form that goes into sort of issues that they want to talk about, whether it be like present life circumstance, but then there's always an area where you talk about like traumatic life experiences. And so I once I get a sense of sort of, okay, what's going on right now? And then what are some of those things that happened before that might have contributed to like how they're behaving in their relationships or in their life otherwise? Um, that's when you can really start to dig deeper and, and kind of ask like, uh, like perfect example, and maybe this this feels like it's coming from spirit because it just pops in my mind. But even like going back to the podcast where, um, like for you on that, um, was it a Ferris wheel when you saw your dad? Yes, when I was on the Ferris okay. wheel and I saw my dad kissing another woman in third or fourth yes. grade. Yes, yes, I I'm sure that is a moment. <laughs> 
in your life um, where your sense of sort of right and wrong, you know, your safety in the world, your beliefs about your dad. I mean, and there might have been things before that that had shifted that, but that that was such a strong moment in your life that I'm sure there's some sort of, you know, for for and that would be for anybody, but sort of fears um ideas about self relationship that get formed at a at a moment like that. One hundred percent. Actually that yeah. is the moment where I realized that my parents yeah. weren't perfect. That adults yes. weren't perfect. Uh see, that's so big. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're adult if they're not perfect then, you know, they're not per- perfectly able to protect you or keep you safe or you know or have all the answers. Like all those things, and so, um, you know, and I and I I have those moments too. I think I mentioned before, like, um, you know, being bullied a little bit when I was younger because I was super tall and very awkward, and um, and you know, so having those moments where if somebody said something, like I was called like Casper and the Jolly Green Giant, <laughs> so like, oh. you know. But then you internalize, like, um, and I know you picked up when we, you were doing my reading about, like, I have a ton of stuff in my solar plexus, and a lot of that relates to, um, and I, I know all these things about myself, um, and I think that's why it's so um, powerful to, for me to do them for other people, but, like, I think my defense was, okay, if I can't keep people from being mean to me, you know, I'm going to figure out how to perfect my outer self as much as I can so nobody can... Um, you know, tease me or put me down. And so it's like that's kind of that's work that I have to do or there's a lot of work for me to do around that kind of stuff. So, you know, totally. it's like we all, yes, we all have our, everybody. I mean, I would imagine there's some, and like you said, maybe it's sometimes it's low, medium, or high, but everybody has that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mm-hmm. find interesting too? I've got a lot of friends who are healers. And I believe that you could be a healer in any different profession, right? I mean, you could be the president of HR, you could be mm-hmm. um, working in a hospital, you could be a therapist or um, an energy healer. They're all healers. And what I find is that most times healers have been through an extraordinary amount of different circumstances, heavy circumstances, in their life in order to better prepare them for the clients that they're going to have to teach their clients and to help their clients. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, you could look at it uh, the other way and just say most healers have a lot of baggage, you know. Mm -hmm. We do, but I, I agree. I always say, like, if I, you know, like the you know the the major markers you know within my life of like just being a very awkward child that was like teased a lot or like I had really bad um, postpartum depression and then that led to stress yeah. on my marriage and it's like so there's all these moments in time that like you know if I didn't feel you know ugly unworthy um, deal with depression and anxiety you know I was a very depressed teenager I think you talked about suicide in one episode I was you know, yeah. very much on the verge of that in my later middle school years and, um, you know, and then depression and um, postpartum. Like, I know if I didn't have those things, there's no way that I could, you know, really connect with people. I mean, I think we all experience pain, but to really get into someone's skin and to know what it right. feels like to feel those things. And I know you understand yeah. that too. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I've actually gone yeah. into this in meditation. And when you go into things in meditation, you can go into them on such a more deep, profound level. And yes. when you go into this, what I find is that there are vibrational frequencies that we don't have names for. And think about mm-hmm. it like this. You, we call sadness, sadness. We yeah. know what that is. But really, what is sadness? It's a vibrational frequency. We call yeah. happiness or elation, you know, this happiness, this um, upswing that we get. It's really right. just a vibration within our body. What is postpartum? Mm-hmm. Postpartum is a different vibration. Grief mm-hmm. is a different vibration. Um, the shock of your parents' divorce is a yes. different vibration. So. I think there you could look at it and say there are so many different vibrational frequencies out there that we don't name. 
And mm-hmm. what healers do is when we get into somebody's energy, because we have that vibrational frequency within ourselves, because we've experienced it, you automatically, yeah. ding, you know, like it's oh. just there. You know what it is. And so to me, what I'm hearing there, it's almost like that's just another word for, you know, and we talk about being empath. You know, that's what yeah. it is. It's like literally being able to put somebody else's, live in somebody else's skin for a little while. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. So with the inner child, the work that tends to come through, and I want to talk about this in different steps because I want people at home, if they don't have the money to go see someone, to be able to mm-hmm. do some work with themselves Absolutely. at home. Yep. We can get clear with ourselves by going into meditation, going back to our childhood and seeing, really feeling where Mm -hmm. the vibrations of sadness come from. So Mm. if you can get to a place where you were sad in the past, and right now Spirit's talking to me and they say, we can even do this for our 20s, our 30s, no matter what age. To heal our past, all we have to do is get into that high vibration through meditation. doesn't have Mm. to be long, can be very quick. Mm -hmm. Once you're set in that, go back to that point where you're sad. And what I find a lot of times, and I didn't know this before I started doing energy healing, mm-hmm. most times I can't connect what's going on in my life to a thought first. I have to find the feeling first. Mm-hmm. So I can be going through my day and I'll be like, nope, something's off. I am feeling sad or I feel like I miss my dad or I feel Mm -hmm. like I am not spending enough time with Elle. And I, Mm -hmm. the feeling comes first, a feeling of sadness, a feeling of loneliness, a feeling of just wanting to spend more time with somebody. It's a longing like within your heart. And Mm -hmm. once I can feel something's off, I can identify what the feeling is And then from there, I ask, what thought is going on in my head? Why am I feeling this way? What thought is it associated with? And that's how I get to, I'm feeling sad. What am I feeling sad about? I'm missing my dad. And I'm feeling lonely. What is that feeling about? I haven't spent enough time with Blake. And you can do the same with the inner child of going back to that feeling when we were younger and saying, Mm -hmm. what did I not have? What was I Mm -hmm. thinking? What was I believing at the time? And then Mm -hmm. if we can see it more from the bigger picture, Mm -hmm. we can kind of bring some healing and maybe some closure there. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to add here too, um, and I think I told you about this earlier, but like, I do think this is where the energy work can be so important because I do think sometimes there's not, I, so I've done a ton of like dialoguing with my inner child, but it's funny. I was working with a therapist um, not that long ago and she was like, I feel like, you know, intellectually we understand her, but have you just like sobbed for her? Have you just really like cried for all the ways that she felt like, you know, sad, uh, abandoned, whatever. And I, I said, to, honestly, I was like, I don't, like, I know where she is and I know the things that hurt her, but I can't for some reason always access those feelings. And when I yeah. did the Reiki session earlier this week, a part of me that was not verbal at all, but very much there was released from just focusing on the energy. So I think that's where you can see, you know, how important it is to go into a place that is is in no way attached to cognition. Yes. You know what? Archangel Michael has me work a lot of times with my clients in a very similar way where he'll Mm -hmm. show me it's really two separate energies, right? The energy of your inner child, the energy of your past being, and the energy Mm -hmm. of who you are today. And Mm -hmm. so when I'm seeing this happen, it's almost as if Archangel takes the client, me, um, the inner child to a different place. And you can see the inner child just 
so upset, right? Whether they're mm-hmm. sobbing, shaking, crying, just kind of so confused and disoriented. And what Michael has the client do, the current client, is go over mm-hmm. to that child, kneel mm-hmm. down by that child, kiss that child, wipe away that yes. child's tears, wrap them in a huge warm blanket, sit them on their lap and say, I love you. I am here for you. As long as it takes you to work through this, we are going to take that time for you. And develop really trust with that inner child first and comfort and be there for them. Well, what's so cool about that, and I don't think I had the words for it, but before you talked about Archangel Michael and how much he comes in in um, that solar plexus area, but... I feel like, and I know you said that he he is somebody that does work with me, um, and it's so funny how intuitively through my meditative work, that's exactly what, uh, you know, if I'm taking someone through a guided meditation, that's kind of exactly what I'll say. I'll say, you know, um, let the child be be the guide, let her or him um, tell you the ways that she's feeling scared or needs to be comforted, but I'll always add, and sometimes you know, your inner child doesn't really want to say much, you know, and then maybe it feels good to just have him or her lay their head on your lap and run your fingers through their hair and just make them feel, you know, safe and secure. And and so I have to believe that, you know, you talk about archangels being there with us, that a lot of that language could maybe even be coming from, you know, something higher than myself in those moments, you know. Oh, absolutely. I completely believe that. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting, too, with the angel school because really whatever is your unique spiritual gift comes out, Mm -hmm. and there are some people Mm -hmm. who are more hands-on healers, and there are more Mm -hmm. people, too, um, some people are more inclined to the messages, and it's not one particular way is right or wrong. It's just it is whatever your gift is, and that's what you're supposed to work with. And right. um, I forget where we were going with this. What did you just say? I was just saying how I think Michael has been with me and that, like, when we were talking about sort of me guiding clients in meditation, like, um, so much of that I don't feel is you from me. It, right, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. and that's where I think, too, you, your gift is really that intuition and bringing through those mm-hmm. messages as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just unique to you. So I want to talk about this because I almost feel like there are people who have been emailing in and some days there have been over like 100, you know, people asking questions or sending in emails um, via Instagram, Facebook, over Gmail. And it's been hard to keep up with just the influx of of information, which is why I hired an assistant, but still you, you're trying to get back to everybody all at once. I'm sure. that's Well, you're popular, Julie. No, I, I don't mean it that way. I just mean like <laughs> no, sincerely I'm not from saying, my heart. Like I, I want know, to. I just, you should celebrate it, though. It's, it's, your, your vibration is resonating well, with other people. That's, yeah. I totally, totally hear what you're saying. I I have gone into this in meditation, and I don't want to take any of the credit because it's truly not me, right? It's God, it's spirit, and it's all that is just coming through me and right. me just being the tool. Um, right. The and I've gone into, yeah, I've gone into mm-hmm. meditation, like, on people who – have allowed their ego to come into the way at some point in their career. And at the point where your ego becomes inflated, what happens is you're you're not able to reach that highest vibration anymore. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I um I totally hear what you're saying and other people have said, you know, you're doing a great job with this and all of the credit, all of the glory goes to the other side because this isn't me. This is just um, me being a tool and I just feel very blessed to be that tool. Absolutely. Yeah. 
But um, I think we can still celebrate that, like, you're a kind soul and aww. you're doing good work here on Earth. Oh, yeah. thank you. Well, what I want, well, the point that I was trying to make, though, is there have been a yeah. lot of people emailing in about different circumstances that they're in right now in their life. Mm -hmm. So there are Mm -hmm. people who are going through stage three, stage four cancer diagnoses. There are people Mm -hmm. who are talking about miscarriages and loss, uh, loss of a child. There Mm -hmm. are so many people who are in the world right now, our neighbors, going through things where Mm -hmm. it is tremendously painful. It is uprooting their safety and security. Mm -hmm. Is there Mm -hmm. a way to work with the inner child in the present moment? Does the inner child flare up when we go through something in (laughs) adulthood? Absolutely. Yes. Because yes, I think any, it's funny, like um, in my therapy process, practice, I've kind of framed myself as somebody who likes to help people through transitions because I think like all those major life transitions from like single to married, not having children to having children, um, getting one job, going to another job, retiring, buying a house, selling a house, whatever it is, all those things completely, as you said, shatter sort of your sense of safety, however you had adapted to being in the world, and you have to shift. And any time that there is um, a shift like that happening, that's going to kick up. It's another invitation from, you know, your soul, shadow part, whatever you want to call it, to heal those parts of yourself that are still left needing to be healed. When that happens, what is the work that we're supposed to do yeah. in processing it as we go through it? Because what Spirit shows me is that we want it to be an event, right? We want it to be done and over with. We get through it. Right. It's gone. No. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way, though. I mean, it's waves. And when we go through something bigger, we're exiting the minor ups and downs in our life and going into this very high up and down frequency, these yeah. high up and down vibrations, and it it just feels so raw. So what do you do there? What do you do in your day-to-day? Well, I think that's where um, it's really the more that I think like why meditation is such an important process of any like self-healing work is because the more that you can create that, I love that that idea of just there being, so I say that we sort of, our seat of the soul is like that quiet witnessing part of ourselves, right? We've got the egoic fear-based mind that's going to chatter at you and um, anytime that it's feeling threatened or afraid, it's going to flare up with um, either ways to protect yourself or defend yourself or separate yourself from others. But when we meditate, we get into that really nice, quiet what I think of really is the seed of our soul, um, witnessing part that does not have, it is not that narrator that's always going. And so when you're able to be that witness rather than fused with that fear-based mind, that's where in that space you can recognize when that fear-based part of you is coming up and saying, and and instead of trying to run to to Facebook or watch something on TV or get something from the fridge or get a glass of wine, you know, it's an invitation to um, turn inward and sort of, you know, okay, like for I'll use the baby example, like, uh, you know, you, you're feeding your baby at three in the morning and you're feeling really sad and it's like, okay, what is that about? Well, I'm sad that you know I've I've lost you know, my sense of freedom or something. And, you know, what does that freedom mean to you? Well, I used to be able to make choices about what I did day to day and I had control over my sleep and now I have this baby that's not letting me have control. Well, what does control mean to you? So you can see how you can kind of weave down this path and find those places of our vulnerability and then really just um, try and, and soothe it at the source. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. <laughs> and I think, yeah. and what I like to say is I don't think we ever quote unquote like there's still times when parts of my inner child get activated. The difference is instead of being fused with the ego, 
and I'm not perfect. And sometimes I'll have terrible, terrible days. And then the next day I'll have to go back and work it out. But yeah, when you're able to separate out and do the work there, that's, that's the best we can do in our lives. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Do you, because the other big thing, and this is something that I could do a whole episode on in and of itself, but what spirit really shows me and they want people to know is that we have to set it up where in our life here, at every single point in our life, we have to have our own spirit team. And Mm -hmm. that ebbs and flows. Sometimes I've got a chiropractor on my team. I've always got my energy healer friend. I've got my counselor, my marriage therapist. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and we we have to build up our team for ourselves here because we're always going through different things and we don't know who we're going to need. Do you find that too? Yes, and I think, like, you know, unfortunately, as a society, like, we used to live in little villages where, like, all those spirit team members would be just, like, right in walking distance from your little, like, hut or whatever, and we live in a much more sort of isolated society in the modern world, and so you have to be really mindful and intentional about setting up those spaces. The the other outlet that I think is so important is, um, and I don't know, like how you, well, you're you're sort of always tapped into your creative source, I would say. But like, I I think a creative outlet too, especially for like empaths and intuitives that I'm sure are mostly drawn to your work. I think like when we can tap into our creative self, that's another. A lot of times, I think when we're like hurting and aching or in depression or anxiety, it's like that creative spirit that's just feeling really, um, you know, squashed. Not, yeah. not heard, not yeah. seen, not felt. Yeah. Well, and that, you know what, you just hit the nail on the head because that is such a huge part of where we are today as a society. Um, mm-hmm. we, we have squashed that in so many ways where we're busy doing so many different things that we really don't want to be doing. We don't want mm-hmm. to have our energy zapped when we go into Facebook. We always just want to see a couple of pictures of our loved ones that get out. Yeah. But you yeah. can't. You know, you get sucked into all these different yes. stories. And and then we start to feel resentful of the ways that we're spending our energy. And really what's needed is for us to understand that big picture. We are both creators and beings. We need time to just be. I read yes. something on Facebook that said, yeah. um, it's okay. It's a great, it can be a great channel of information. Like you're on there, but you know what I mean? Putting on art, it's like, it's wonderful if you use it in the right way. Totally. Anyway. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But it was saying that this study showed, I'm not going to get the numbers right, but it was something to the yeah. effect of if you spend 15 minutes in silence a day, it doesn't matter mm. whether you're 50 years old. Um, I don't know what the age they put on it, but you can have the mind of a young person. Oh. 15 minutes a day. And everyone can do that. Yes. Yes, Um, but the flip side of that is in addition to our beingness, we are creators, and a lot of times we feel stuck. We really aren't stuck, but we don't allow ourselves to see the other options that are open to us where we can create in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And I think, like you said, it's also being creative about that. So, like, even when, like, you were starting up your business, and you were working part-time, like, I'll I'll um, encourage my clients all the time. I'm like, you know, um, we don't have to, for one, like, if it can become your career, amazing, good, and that might happen. But for others, like, you know, uh, you know, I also feel like um, on the social media where everyone's like, you know, chase your dreams and blah, 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 blah. That can also create so much anxiety about, like, oh, well, I'm not – I'm not living my best life, so I'm just wasting it. And, blah, blah, blah. and I think it doesn't – I also don't think it has to be black or white. Like, mm-hmm. maybe you have to go to that bank job from 9 to 5, and then, you know, from 6 to 9, twice a week, you jam on a guitar with a few people in your basement or something. Like, I think there's so many ways that we can, you know, access and honor those parts of ourselves. And then if you're – and then if employment can come along with that, great. But – but I think it, it it can be a mix of things too. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You've got little kids, right? I do. Two little boys. Because my daughter's eight, and she's so into this show that's called Who Was. Have you heard of this one? It's on Netflix. No. no. Okay, so it's really awesome. It's like, remember A&E biography that everybody was so into in, like, the late 90s? Yes. It's like yes. It's like that, but for kids. And they make the stories fun about people in history. And then they oh, have this really whole. Good. Oh, I know. It's amazing. They have this whole card game and they also have books. So at night, we've been getting into this routine where we read together as a family for half an hour in bed together every night. Mm-hmm. And we've been reading the Who Was books. And it's so fascinating because we're reading the one on J.K. Rowling. Yes. And it doesn't fail. In all of them, they go through the self-doubt. They go through where people will say, I wasn't doing this to make money. I wasn't doing this to become famous. I was doing this because I had something within me that I had to create. It was alive in and of itself, and I just had to bring it into the physical world and birth it. And mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be your whole career, like you said. Mm-hmm. It can mm-hmm. just be something that is incorporated into your life, even as a hobby. Totally. Like, for instance, um, the, I kind of have a, a performer in me, too. And, like, when I was little, I loved to dance. And I did a little bit of theater, but dance was always, like, my – I just love that creative expression. Music, like, touches my soul at, like, such a deep level. And, like – you know, a couple of years ago, I was finally like, you know, I don't have to be a professional dancer, but like, I can go to a jazz or a modern class and just feel alive and like, I'm accessing this part of myself that matters so much to me. Um, and it's just for me. And it's not for my kids. It's not for my husband. It's not for my clients at work, you know, and I think that it's so beneficial to do those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I find that, too, in most of the stories that I hear about us as human beings and just going through our our lives and losing ourselves in one way or another, and when we come back Mm -hmm. to ourselves, just realizing how important those classes are, even if it's one or two nights a week, even if it's one night a month, to just reinvigorate that passion within you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And every time I never fails, I come home and my husband's always like, you look like, it's almost like you can read it in their, in their soul. Like you look so happy and lifted. Like, I don't think I've ever seen you in such a good mood. You know? Oh, like, you have so to have amazing. that. Yes. And it's so good. Yes. Oh. And he gets it through golf and I don't want to go out there and sweat with a big golf hat on, but like, <laughs> like we can all have our own our own things you know totally totally yeah yeah so going back to the inner child is there anything about the inner child that we didn't touch on that you want our listeners to know just I think it's like like you say with everything it doesn't have to be very complicated I think we all intuitively know the places that hurt the most and the more that we can just be familiar with that um, and, and put a name on it. Like, you, you know, like you were saying earlier, like, I feel sad today. I feel lonely today. And then, um, making time, you know, I like to connect with the child at that point, but then also, and I feel like we could probably do another podcast on this too. Then you can even take it to like the universal suffering of, you know, you talked about miscarriage or stage three or stage four cancer. Um, I think that's a really beautiful place, one, to like help the child feel safe, but then also you can go into meditation and, and put your hand on your heart and say, I am connecting to every other person on this planet that just got a stage three diagnosis today and I'm breathing in um, their pain and suffering and I'm breathing out um, that's got Tonglen. It's a Buddhist practice of Tonglen. And then I'm breathing out peace and um, surrendering to what is. And so, you know, then you're also remembering that you're not alone. Like, we're all in this together. I absolutely love that. And that's what I was trying to do in the summer when we were doing the live prayer all together. Yeah. Really connecting yes. into that oneness. 
Yeah. And um, I just didn't really have the time there, but maybe we could do that some weeks here on the podcast of just that tapping into that oneness. I didn't know that yes, that's a Buddhist practice. It is. I mean, but again, it's funny how like your intuitive self just brings that forward because you know that it's what's needed. But um, that was um, when I was kind of going through, I call it sort of my dark night of the soul journey when I was really, really depressed. And I started, you know, reading like Eckhart and um, Pema Chodron and um, I just, I remember reading that practice and being like, God, that, that is just really beautiful and so cathartic, like to, to just remind yourself of that we're not alone and we're all like, we're all just struggling. And so let's be nice to each other, <laughs> you know, let's yeah. be kind and, um, and, and, and then, and not feel so alone, you know? Yeah. Do you ever mm-hmm. have those days too? Because we're very blessed people, right? We live in, mm-hmm. you know, nice middle class areas in the United yeah. States. And right. I have these conversations where I feel like I'm looking outside at myself, looking back in sometimes mm-hmm. just in the neighborhood or, you know, wherever. And, and it's like first world problems, right? Of sometimes yeah, totally. like, it doesn't even matter if something big isn't happening. There's always something that we could be yep. feeling that's a lower vibration. So how yes. do you work with that? And yeah. think, like, do you tap into, because we don't want to go into a low vibration and say, yeah. uh, what I would say there is, um, is that you never should diminish your own suffering because suffering is suffering regardless of whether that's kind of where I, I look at, like, you know, like the Maslow's like hierarchy of needs. Yeah. And, you know, you start at the bottom with, like, the survival needs, and then you go up to safety, and then you go up to, like, self-esteem. And then when you get to the top, that's when you're doing a lot of a lot of this self-actualization work, right? Like, what, what, you're, what we're doing here. Like, you're kind of doing that spiritual self-exploration. But what I would say is, whatever level you are in that triangle, like, you're going to suffer the same. You, the needs that you're trying to meet are different, but it hurts all the same. Does that make sense? Yeah. It really does. It really does. Yeah. It's a hard thing to grasp because once you can feel energy, and you're going to feel this because you went through the class, you can't mm-hmm. unlearn it. So now it's mm-hmm. always with you. And mm-hmm. it's almost as if you know that the problems that you're going through aren't that big, right? right. But right. you feel the energy of it, and it feels lower. It's there. It's strong. Um, I have to say it is different, though, when you go through something that pulls you down. Um, Mm -hmm. Bigger, bigger issues relate really to your root chakra. So if Mm -hmm. you do get a cancer diagnosis or something big happens. um, Oh, no, that's very true. Yes, you get sucked down right into the root chakra because the ultimate safety and security, all your belief systems can come into a point where they're completely questioned all at once. Mm. And then I think, you know, and then that's where, um, and it's just funny because I've just been on this journey and um, you're definitely like, you've become a part of that journey. But I think if you are struggling there and you're in that root chakra of your literal survival and wondering sort of like what does happen, you know, after we die, even if on a con, like on a intellectual level, you have an idea, but to really feel it, I mean, that's where I think pulling in some, um, you know, I love reading books on, you know, near death experience, or I think we talked about like um, Journey of a Thousand Souls, like books where you know um, hypnotherapists have channeled people or channeled spirit through the other side, but just really anchoring into all these stories of you know life, life going on, and that there is there is a bigger purpose to what whatever your individual suffering is than we can see in like that little microcosm of of our life at the moment. Yeah, that's well said. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dr. Catherine, I always love having you on the show. I love being on the show. I love having these conversations with you because I know I don't have to explain anything. You, you're just like right there. <laughs> I know. We just get each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah, totally. I know. Well, you know, when we talked about like the soul dividing and that like you could be living like multiple uh, lives at the same time, I'm like, maybe it's like maybe Julie and I just kind of split when we talk to the heavens. We're living in different parts of the country, but we, we like are definitely on the same wavelength for sure. 
Oh, yeah. Well, that one I'm going to have to explain further because I haven't explained that yet on the podcast. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For another day. For another day. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I, I really thank appreciate your time. You. I appreciate yours, and I love having these chats, so hopefully we can keep having them together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Friends, I don't ask you to support this podcast with a membership program or with Patreon. What I ask is that if this podcast resonates with you, if having an angel reading is something that you feel called to do, go online and book an appointment with me. I offer 25 and 55 minute angel message readings. I also offer Reiki energy healing sessions. If that is something that you feel called to do with me, that's actually how I keep this podcast going is you booking those sessions. So thank you so, so much for continuing to do that. You can book your reading or your energy healing session on my website, www.jancis.com. That's my last name, .com. I've also got the Angel School coming back up in November. If the Angel School is something that you've been interested in doing in learning how to bring through messages from loved ones and angels on the other side, and learning Reiki energy healing simultaneously at the same time, we do have the November Angel School on November 16th and 17th. That's a Saturday and Sunday. It'll be held at the Hilton Doubletree Hotel in Lyle, Illinois. That's right on the border of Lyle and Naperville, Illinois. And thank you so much for your support of the Angel School. It has gotten such a great response from you that we're actually looking at adding an in-person date in January. There are some people who live very far away in New Zealand, Australia, who would like to take the class remotely because it's just easier for them than flying in. There are other people who really don't mind and they want to fly in. It really is just dependent on the individual and I respect whatever method you want to take. But in January, we definitely have an online version of the Angel School and we're thinking about adding an in-person class as well. So if you want to take part in one of those, please let me know so that I can get you registered and on the list to save your spot. Friends, if you could be an angel, please write a five-star review or just click five stars on this podcast. Subscribe to this podcast. Um, but when you do review us, you leave a positive five-star review, we enter you into a monthly drawing to win a free session with me. We're also going to be giving away 15 more free sessions in November. And we're planning a couple more cool things, but I can't tell you about it yet. It's top secret. It's all offered to those who are in the drawing. So you get entered into the drawing for every time you write a review. You can write one on iTunes, on Google. When you look up my name, Julie Jancis, you can also write one on our Facebook page. You can also be an angel by sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Just spreading the word helps so much. Friends, if you want a daily angel message, make sure that you're following us over on Instagram, Facebook, or our Facebook group. You can find us over there by typing in at angel podcast. That's the at sign angel podcast. The group name is Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe. Over on the group, we post a weekly Facebook video. That is something that is not here on the podcast. It's different content. It's kind of more what's happening in my life as it relates to spirituality and the podcast. Friends, last but not least, if you have an angel story that you'd like to share, we would love to hear it. We are looking for your angel stories for you to either come on the podcast and share your story yourself or for you to write us your story. If you don't want to read it, we would be happy to read it for you right here on the show. My friends, thank you so, so much for being here today. I want you to take a moment to just open up your heart. I want you to feel that energy surrounding your heart chakra. 
I want you to feel it opening and getting lighter. You could even see it as French doors opening within your heart and you allowing love, peace, bliss, ease, grace, all to flow in to your being. I want you to know, my friends, that every single one of you has angels, guides, and loved ones on the other side who are cheering for you, who are rooting for you, who want nothing more than for you to be loved, for you to succeed, and for you to see your dreams come true here on earth. Are you talking to them? Are you spending time with them? Are you making time within your life to be still, to be quiet, and to listen to what your angels, guides, and loved ones are telling you? They're talking to you all the time. They just talk to us differently. It might not sound like their voice. It sounds like your own internal dialogue. It is your intuition. Your intuition is the tool that they use to communicate with you. So take some time to be silent, to be still, and to listen to the messages that they're trying to bring through to you right now. It's never negative. It's always positive. That's how you know it's them. And don't forget to ask them for help. The more that we ask our spirit team for help, the more that they can do for us. So get up in the morning and ask them to help you throughout your day. You can say that little prayer while you're getting ready for work, while you're getting ready for school. You just incorporate it into your daily routine. My friends, that is how you open up your heart to all of the unexpected blessings that your team is trying to bring into your life right now. Watch out for the signs because they're also bringing you those. Friends, I love you so much. They love you so much. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I feel so blessed to have you in my life. And I feel so blessed to be a tool that God can work through. Because believe me, friends, none of this is me. It is all spirit. I love you so much. They love you. Have a beautiful, wonderful, fantastic, incredible week. Make it a great week. Until next time, sending you peace, bliss, and many, many blessings.